welcome independent researchers, skeptics, and all of humankind, shadow citizens. Shadow Citizen will explore the shadows of an alternate reality. Your hosts, Rachel L. McIntosh. We made it to another show, everybody. Thank you so much for showing up. I am Rachel L. McIntosh. I'm the host of Shadow Citizen. And tonight, I am literally thrilled with our guests that have showed up here tonight. We have Cynthia McKinney. She's a huge, I'm a huge fan of hers. And we also have Robert David Steele. The two of them are together. Um, First, I want to talk about Cynthia McKinney. She was the first black woman elected to represent the state of Georgia in the U.S. House of Representatives, where she served six terms as a Democrat. She left the Democratic Party in 2008 and ran as the presidential candidate for the Green Party of the United States. Notably, while she was in Congress, she advocated unsealing the records pertaining to the CIA's role in the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. and the murder of Tupac Shakur. She continually criticized the Bush administration over the 9-11 attacks and introduced articles of impeachment against President Bush, Vice President Dick Cheney, and Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice. While all that was going on, she supported anti-war legislation. She's here with us right now, and I'm so thrilled to have her. How are you, Dr. McKinney? Well, I'm doing just fine. It's uh, morning where I am, and... um so I'm happy to be with you and the audience for Shadow Citizen. Well, thank you. Now, listen, where are you? Can you say? <laughs> well, I'm uh, someplace on the Asian continent. Let's just leave it like that for okay. now. <laughs> so you're, <laughs> you're going deep on it. Okay, cool. Now, you, this is, you're doing some sort of humanitarian stuff right now. Is that what you're doing? Well, no, I mean, but, you know, I could say that the humanitarian stuff sort of follows me, but um, basically I am here teaching. So I serve, you know, undercover. I'm the undercover professor. Okay. Right on. Okay. I like that. Okay. Great. Now, um, now you're here tonight with Robert David Steele. Now I'm going to talk about him for a minute. Now, for our people listening, you may have heard of this person. In fact, you've probably seen his face. Um, he is a former Central Intelligence Agency clandestine, clandestine services officer, case officer. And while he was in Latin America, Steele recu- recruited 25 traders and managed over 100 clandestine assets. He was later invited by the Marine Corps to come back to help create the Marine Corps Intelligence Center. But that's when he discovered that the secret world was largely worthless in supporting all policy, all acquisition, and all operations, and totally absent supporting the whole of government, public education, and public research. He started the modern open source intelligence movement, which is O-S-I-N-T. That's what they call it against very strong resistance from the CIA. And then in 2012, he was a candidate for the Reform Party. There was a nomination for the President of the United States. So I've got these two powerhouses here. And so, Robert, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody, too? 
Why don't I just say I'm nothing without Cynthia McKinney? The two of us together <laughs> make the whole. Oh, now you guys wrote this book together. I saw it on Amazon, On Rig, Beyond Trump and Sanders. And tell us about this book, because I saw this hashtag on Twitter and said Unrig. And I wanted to know more about that. That's why I reached out to both of you on was I think it was on Twitter. Well, since since I wrote it and it's not a book as much as a Kindle short, it's part of the Trump Revolution series, um, which the most recent one is about false flags as a tool of the deep state, which is something Dr. McKinney knows a lot about, as do I. Um Hashtag Unrigged picked up, picks up from where Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders have both said during their campaigns that the system is rigged, and they're absolutely right. However, in the aftermath of winning, Donald Trump has done absolutely nothing to unrig the system. So when I consulted with um, Dr. McKinney, whom I've had the privilege of knowing since we met in 2009, she very kindly agreed to write a foreword for this short paper, and out of that came our decision to actually sponsor a movement. So hashtag unrigged summer of peace, which is a title that Dr. Randy Short suggested, is about bringing together the alt-right, the alt-left, people of color, Latinos, small parties and independents in order to demand the restoration of integrity. And I credit Dr. McKinney with thinking about our logo and the whole idea is unity for integrity, setting aside all of our ideological and issue differences while retaining our personal, uh, what makes us special, each of us. And um, basically, I think in the next 90 to 120 days, we could take back the power. And I'm just so pleased because, frankly, by myself, I would not be an authentic, credible voice across the white-black divide, the alt-right, alt-left divide. So what's so absolutely very special about our coming together as partners is we represent what America could be if we were all willing to work together. Right on. That's really, I, I don't want, it sounds optimistic, though, given everything that's going on. How is, how is this going to go? How is it going to happen? Well, Dr. we're actually going to answer that question. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Well, we're actually doing it. And so for a very long time, I've been trying to, well, for a long time, I have been reaching out to try and cross the divide. As a student of the COINTELPRO movement, having read um, most of the COINTELPRO papers, not all of them, but a lot of them, uh, a lot of more than half, and also having read the Frank Church Committee reports, it is very clear that the one thing that the at that time I believe it was a unified deep state at that time, um, what they were afraid of was the coming together of blacks and whites and everyone else sort of in between. They were very afraid of the white community actually becoming supportive of the black community's claims for social justice. And I would also note that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was killed just as the Poor People's Campaign was taking off. And in fact, people had already begun to make their trek to Washington because the whole idea was to walk to Washington 
and then camp out there and demand economic justice for everybody, blacks, whites, everybody who's inside the United States. And of course, Dr. King didn't live long enough to lead that movement. So understanding what made the deep state utterly terrified, then it became incumbent upon me to actually begin to uh, try and terrify them. (laughs) And so I began to reach out to Christian identity people, militia people. Um, Of course, in my district uh, representing Georgia, particularly rural parts of Georgia, it was also necessary that I find a way to communicate with members of the Klan. And so just based on my background, my history, it was clear that the coming together of all of these sort of siloed communities was something that could could deep six the deep state. And then Robert David Steele, Robert, gave me the opportunity to actually operationalize this in a real fashion. And so, you know, after long study of um, whether or not or how to, I just decided, let's, let's just jump into this thing. And unrig is the result. Wow. All right. Now, I, I want to just back up for people that are listening because I've got people of all different backgrounds listening to this thing. Some people are very, very down the rabbit hole. They've been listening to truth type of uh, radio shows for a decades now it feels like and then there's people that are just sort of waking up that this is so can you define the deep state you said this a few times while you were talking deep state what does that mean to people what does that mean well i don't know what it means to people but i can tell you what it means to my dissertation committee member who uh dr peter dale scott is the person who initially coined the phrase Mm -hmm. and it arises out of First of all, his discussion of what he called deep politics and deep events. These events were things that basically transformed U.S. policy from what it actually was or maybe potentially was about to become to something else. Mm -hmm. And then the deep state became the individual entities that were able to pull off these deep events and that carried carried on this uh this deep politics so these are basically uh according to dr david uh, uh, um uh peter dale scott what we have is the public state and then we have the deep state so in the public in in the public state we have individuals whose names, faces, positions, we all know. Then behind them is this deep state uh, phenomenon. And those, it is comprised of those individuals who are able to leverage the powers of the apparatus of the state and uh, change policy according to their whim. These are the people whose names, faces, 
and motivations we don't necessarily know. Mm-hmm. If and I you, could add to that, go let, ahead, me, please do. let me say that uh, I'm a huge fan of Peter Dale Scott, and uh, he wrote the original book, but he was silenced and marginalized the way so many of us have been. And the CIA and others were very successful at repressing the concept of deep state, just like they've been able to repress the truth about the assassination of John F. Kennedy and Martin Luther King, the truth about 9-11, the truth about false flag operations, which includes Mm 9-11. The deep state, many people make the mistake of thinking that it's only government officials who are operating uh, without constitutional authority. In fact, they're the best of the servant class. The deep state begins with the Rothschild family, which is above the Queen of England, and the black pope, the Jesuit black pope, who is above the white pope. There are many, many good things about the Catholic Church, but the black pope and the control that the Jesuits have over banks and banking is not one of them. These two entities control the city of London and Wall Street. And these banks, in turn, control the two-party tyranny in every country, including the United States. The politicians are nothing more than servants of the banks. They betray the public the moment they take office. And then below them, you have the traitors that are salted across the entire government, generally Freemasons of the 33rd, 34th, 35th, and 36th degrees. Three degrees are not known to most Freemasons and Knights of Malta and Opus Dei and others. And then, of course, you have the Mossad and dual citizens. And then you have the secret intelligence community whose primary function today appears to be spying on and blackmailing our own politicians as well as judges and celebrities while also defining the media narrative, whether it's the crap news network or the New York Times or the Washington Post Virtually everything Americans are hearing from their government and from the mainstream media and from most academics and think tanks is garbage. So we have a real challenge here. It goes from the bankers all the way down to every institution in society. Wow. Okay. One way that, um, one way that we, that I was able to actually see this in operation while I was in the Congress happened with the politics of Sierra Leone. And I was interested in seeing if I could get the Revolutionary United Front labeled a terrorist organization since that was all the rage those days. And um, this is an organization that was literally chopping off the hands of little boys and raping little girls against a democratically elected government in Sierra Leone, which is in West Africa. And so uh, for some reason, Madeleine Albright was Secretary of State at the time, and it just never happened. And then in the ultimate of uh, hypocritical moments, Madeleine Albright goes to Sierra Leone and says, it's hard to shake the hands of people who don't have hands. <gasps> So I was literally oh, out- my God. Okay. outraged. So I wrote a blistering letter, which I believe is in my book, uh, uh, Ain't Nothing Like Freedom. And I wrote that letter to her and just pointed out the ultimate hypocrisy 
of the Clinton administration foreign policy period, in particular, is policy towards Sierra Leone and West Africa. Well, as it would turn out, uh, Jesse Jackson traveled there to uh, solidify the role of Fode Sanko, who was the head of the Revolutionary United Front, find out that it, when they ransacked his home, there was a letter from uh, the the uh, now uh, Maurice Templesman, and Maurice Templesman had written a letter saying that you're somebody that we can work with, and of course. The big draw is that Sierra Leone has some of the biggest diamonds, uh, clearest, uh, purest diamonds on the planet. So what we uh, what I saw there, it was just a little peer into the window where the curtains are drawn and I could see inside this this little window. And there was Maurice Templesman sort of orchestrating U.S. policy, which included not only destabilizing, but regime changing a democratically elected government in Africa. This is the kind of thing that the United States has done over and over and over again and has sold the rest of the world, but more importantly, the American people on the goodness of this act, when in fact it is purely for the pecuniary interests of certain individuals. And those certain individuals, what got me into trouble when I was in Congress is that I started calling names. You know, I'd like to say that Cynthia, Cynthia's um, reincarnation in Congress is called uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Yes. From, from hey. Hawaii. Yep. Uh, this is a young white female army captain who is incapable of telling a lie, which is uh, Cynthia and I are incapable of telling a lie. And I'd like to remind your viewers that the Pulitzer Prize is named after the man who invented yellow journalism. And that is the journalism that creates wars based on lies for the banks. War is a profit center for the banks. Waste is a profit center for the banks. Poverty is a profit center for the banks. Trafficking in women and children and drugs and guns and gold is a profit center for the banks. What we have today, and John Rappaport is one of my heroes. He's written a number of important pieces that are also available in audio on The Matrix. What we are doing is living in a lie. The government, the media, the academy, the think tanks, they are all part of this massive, elaborate fabrication. The Federal Bureau of Investigation is a theatrical agency. It creates terrorists in order to build its budget. There's an excellent book called The Terror Factory that documents how the last 175 um, terrorist convictions in the United States were in fact created by FBI informants paid by the FBI to create a terrorist situation that would allow them to arrest, indict, convict, and send someone to jail. So I cannot overstate the falseness of everything about our current government, economy, and society. That's pretty heavy. That's really heavy. Um, and I'm glad you're saying all this because a lot of our, our listeners, they suspect 
everything that they see on TV is a lie. And it's, it, that's part of the reason why I've started this, this program, Shadow Citizen, because people are realizing that what they're experiencing via the media isn't real life, but they don't know what the real answers are. And they feel like they're, at least I do, I feel like I have to piece together clues. And you guys being respected people that people can trust and you have experience in all this, what you're saying, what's coming out of your mouth is really important to hear. So I appreciate you doing that. Um, now, back to this unrig thing. You said we'd be able to do something within – you had a time limit. You said uh, 200 days or – you had 90 time, days. 90, 90, 90 days. Okay, gosh. Days. Let, me just, let me just point out that the only thing that can defeat organized money yeah. is organized voters. Now, what we have coming up, and, and Congresswoman Dr. McKinney knows this as well as anyone, there is exactly one time of year when congressmen have to go home and they cannot hide from their constituents, and that's the summer recess. Congress is going to be home in July and August. In July and August, if enough citizens understand the opportunity they can download the integrity pledge that, that I have published in, in the hashtag unrigged manifesto. They can download that integrity pledge. They can get together with a group of fellow citizens and they can demand of their senators and their representatives that they sign the integrity pledge, which commits the senator and the representative to co-sponsor and vote for the Election Reform Act in September when Congress returns from the summer recess. Now, prior to that, Dr. McKinney and I, both of us are educators. She has more degrees. All the, well, actually, she has the higher degree. I have more lower degrees, multiple graduate degrees. But the bottom line is we're both educators. What we want to do is inspire the great American conversation in the month of July. And so we're seeking funding to, to rent an RV, for the two of us and two staffers and two security guys that will hopefully double as drivers, we want to drive all over the country, 50 states in 30 days, repeat, repeat, repeat. And that is intended to inspire constituents. We ourselves will not lobby any politician. We are hoping to educate citizens who will in turn make a case to their members of Congress, do this. Or be fired. Okay. And I heard you talking about you wanted to put together groups of people from different backgrounds. Like you wanted white people, black people, Hispanic people, alt-right, alt-left. You want them all together as a kind of a cohesive, um, we're Americans coming forth to say, do this or you're getting out of office. Yes, I mean, I would... I would throw it over to uh, Dr. McKinney to comment. Well, you know, that's a very tricky thing because in the end, what the consistent polling has shown us is that Congress as a whole is disliked by the public. But the <laughs> yeah. individual Congress okay. member who represents that particular district is loved by the public, right? And so um, generally what we're going to have to do is cut through 
the likability of the individual member and demonstrate how that individual member fits into the entire cog that is Congress that has become dysfunctional. Okay. Or at least it's not dysfunctional for them, for the deep state, it's dysfunctional for us. Yeah. And, and it's, yes, I agree completely with that. And, and one of the reasons this partnership is so special is because Dr. McKinney is a skilled politician, a six term representative, six elected six times until she was gerrymandered out of existence by evildoers. Um, and I'm kind of the idea guy in the background. I'm the holistic analytics, true cost economics, open source engineering, everything, um, uh, fellow. What this really boils down to is the public has to have its eyes open. And I like to say, God bless Donald Trump and God bless Bernie Sanders, because the public is starting to realize that while their representative may appear to them to be championing their interests and may be a very likable person, their representative is, in fact, in a constant state of betraying the public trust. And that's a conversation only the constituents can have. They need to realize that the one thing that will fix Congress is the Election Reform Act because it will restore integrity to Congress and it will free the members from their dependency on uh, banking money and Saudi Arabian money and Israeli money, among other sources. We also need to free the members of Congress from blackmail. And it mm -hmm. turns out that the biggest blackmailers of our Congress are not the Israelis or the Saudis, but the CIA, the FBI, and NSA. So one of the things I've proposed to President Trump in a letter that I know he has gotten, but he has not acknowledged, and that is that he offer every member of Congress a pardon, a presidential pardon, conditional on their sitting down for a debriefing and completely revealing who is blackmailing them over what. And then we hang the blackmailers. Wow. Well, I, you know, as a, as a social, as a justice activist, I would say that we prosecute the blackmailers. <laughs> oh, I was speaking metaphorically, Dr. McKinney. But I will also take this opportunity <laughs> to emphasize that where Dr. McKinney and I are absolutely in harmony is we believe in truth and reconciliation. There needs to be an exit strategy for the evildoers. The point I'm trying to make is that the blackmailers are beyond the pale and the members of Congress have been basically sucked in and are powerless. So in one stroke, we restore integrity to Congress, we liberate the members from both blackmail and bribery, and we deal with those people who have been subverting the Constitution with money and blackmail. Um, and I think out of all of that comes a renaissance in American politics. Now, these people that are doing the blackmailing, though, is it just because they're doing it for the money? Or do you think somebody set like set them on that task to do and it goes even higher to somewhere else? Well, that's a good point. I would break that into two different pieces. Piece number one is the bankers who profit from war and waste. They certainly have their channels. And by the way, we have found that Knights of Malta, for example, the Catholic Knights of Malta or the Freemasons, you can get a Soviet KGB officer who is a Freemason or a Knight of Malta to work with a CIA case officer who is a Freemason or a Knight of Malta 
against their respective countries. These people are basically loyal to the church or loyal to the Freemasons rather than loyal to their own country. So we really have a huge counterintelligence challenge ahead of us because the FBI is a theatrical agency. It's filled. It's full of Freemasons and Knights of Malta and Opus Dei and um, Zionist sympathizers. And essentially, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, which was founded by a pedophile. J. Edgar Hoover was a pedophile. He accepted small boys from the mafia as gifts. We have to restore the integrity not only to our Congress, but also to our intelligence and counterintelligence community. And that's something I would like very much to be a part of. I have no real aspirations to be president or vice president. I would be thrilled if Dr. McKinney were to replace Mike Pence when he inevitably finds that he must resign in order to survive. Um, but I myself, I want to restore integrity to the intelligence community. That is my calling. Now, I heard you say something. I'm talking to you, Robert. Um that Mike Pence would be charged with pedophilia. No, I did not say that. Oh, what did you say? It was on another interview, and I saw I it online. I said that he is, he is known to be an enabler. And enabler. An enabler and cover-upper of pedophilia. Oh. He is known to have major financial improprieties in his past. He is known to have had a private email server the entire time he was governor. He is no better than Hillary Clinton in the private email server arena. The man has so many issues that I believe he will inevitably find that he can best serve President Trump by resigning. He cannot be fired. He can be impeached, but I don't recommend that. I'm huge on truth and reconciliation. I think Donald Trump needs to clean house. And Dr. McKinney is, in my view, the single best person standing in the wings waiting to help Donald Trump be the greatest president ever. Now, Cynthia McKinney, would you, do you believe that Donald Trump would be a great president while you were a vice president? Do you think that's a doable thing? <laughs> well, of course, that depends on my definition of great president and <laughs> on Don, Donald Trump's willingness to um, uh, subscribe to my my definition. Right now, I would say that the track record of Donald Trump is not good. It's not that good. It's not good at all, in, in fact, because, quite frankly, what has happened is instead of governance for the 99 percent, which I think also is a prudent political strategy, what we are seeing for the first time that I can remember is a cabinet of the uber 1%. I mean, they're yeah. not even the 1%. And so um, that would mean that these people are completely divorced from the reality that you and I have to live every day. And now that doesn't mean that of necessity they would be, but it just so happens that these particular individuals are. In addition to that, the readiness to make policy and make that policy felt down in neighborhoods that need the policy transformation is not there in the first place because the cabinet members are not going to go into those neighborhoods. When I was a member of Congress, 
there was a huge, uh, I was able to deliver to my constituents and bring those uh, cabinet members into my district so they could see the need for their intervention in the lives of, say, my farmers, people who, uh, whenever it would rain, like in Savannah, Georgia, whenever it would rain, people, people's homes would be deluged with water and, 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 and they would lose their possessions. I mean, this is like on a regular basis every time it rains. So we were able to deliver into the neighborhoods, into specific homes. We were able to make the presence of the federal government felt in a positive way. That is not happening. When you say that you want to make America great again, you have to solve the problems of the average ordinary American citizen who is being confronted and buffeted by the winds of policy that has been made that has stripped the dignity out of, say, for example, cities like Cleveland, mm. where you can see that have become part of the like the rust belt and in heartland America. So in order for us to make America great again, Donald Trump has got to not just articulate what candidate Trump did, but he's got to put the power of the president presidency into those communities, which hasn't happened yet. Mm. Not only do I not only do I totally agree with that, but as a member of the alt right and proud of it, populist right. And Dr. McKinney calls herself a member of the alt left or populist left, which is part of the power of our relationship. We respect each other. We share the same goal to restore integrity to the government of the United States of America, irrespective of what differences we might have on any given issue, such as climate change or gays or guns or whatever. What Donald Trump has failed to do since he was elected is not only keep his promises to the alt-right, the 27% that pushed him over the top, he has been doing regime change and elective wars and reinforcing NATO and putting American taxpayer money into the Saudi Arabian military and continuing to allow CIA to train, equip and organize ISIS. ISIS was created by the United States of America together with Saudi Arabia. He has also failed to reach out to the 73 percent of America that did not vote for him. That consists of the 26 percent that hate him with a passion that has been fueled by money and lies from John Brennan and George Sotos and Barack Obama and Loretta Lynch and uh, Hillary Clinton and others, and the 47% that did not vote at all because they understand we have a two-party tyranny and they hate the entire system. Mm -hmm. So Donald Trump is not leading all Americans. Right now, he is making the gross assumption that the Republicans will continue to hold the House and the Senate. And I absolutely guarantee that as soon as the major pedophilia scandal breaks, that I am anticipating two Republican governors, four or more Republican senators, and perhaps Vice President Mike Pence are going to be disgraced and run out of office. Wow, when do you see that happening? I would say in the next six to nine months. And this is just pure speculation on my part, but I'm just getting so much information coming into me that I think this is inevitable. 
what happened to the Democratic Party through the Romanian taxi driver and the John Podesta leaks and the Anthony Weiner laptop is certain to happen to the Republican Party in the next year. And when that happens, Donald Trump will be left with zero in the way of a power base in Washington, D.C. If he does not build a new power base across the entire country, he is going to be left impotent. Well, one of the strategies that the Democratic Party ought to ought to pursue is to invigorate in some manner those people who chose to stay at home in 2016. That in and of itself puts an end to the Trump presidency. So you would think that those thinkers that are around the POTUS would say, oh, my gosh, uh, we'd better do something to make sure that not suppressing the vote and denying people the right to vote, but we should we, we need to do something to deliver to those people so that they can become Trump supporters. That's what one would think. But that is not happening. And I quite frankly don't understand the political calculation that has been made. The other thing that I would like to just say about the Trump administration's transgressions, which are many, is that the federal government is not a family business. And so this uh, is the, 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 the son-in-law in the White House, the daughter in the White House, the uh, husband over here at Department of Justice. I mean, what the heck is going on? Isn't there? I mean, we've got 300 million people in this country. And so. um, Amen. I just don't get this family business. It smacks of nepotism. And that is definitely not the model that should be followed by the United States of America if you're trying to make America great again. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that completely. I agree with that, too. Um, I'm glad you said that. Good. Um, now, about your Unrig Beyond Trump and Sanders, the book, I saw it on Amazon. It's 99 cents. I saw that Ellen Brown also helped write that. Is that true? Wait, say that again. I, I saw on Amazon that Ellen Brown was involved with Unrig? Oh, 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 yes. We, we, you know, Cynthia and I reached out to Ellen. We both believe in public banking and the work that Ellen Brown does. We've actually reached out to a number of people. And I should say I have reached out to a number of people because I created this campaign and God bless Cynthia McKinney. She decided to really step up and be an active part of it. But I've reached out to Dennis Kucinich, Ron Paul, Jesse Ventura, Ralph Nader. They've all blown me off. Not a single one of them wants to challenge the two-party tyranny because they know how to deal with the two-party tyranny. They're not willing to take that extra step and ask the question, what if there were no two-party tyranny? So from where I sit, right now we have Ellen Brown. I'm trying to get Patrick Buchanan. Um, I like Andre Barnett from the Reform Party. I just haven't had time to reach out to all these others. But my bottom line is it doesn't matter what these so-called leaders say or do. What matters is whether citizens decide one congressional district at a time, whether they want their congressman to work for them or work for the banks and the secret intelligence world. Mm -hmm. Now, all right, bringing this back for I'm just a citizen. I'm just walking around. 
how am I going to wait for your bus to drive through or what's the first thing I do? <laughs> well, let me say, and I've said this in the 19 minute video that Cynthia and I recorded the other day, which is at the top of Indiegogo dash on rig. Um, and you just have to look up Indiegogo dash on rig and you'll get right to it. You don't need citizens do not need Donald Trump. They do not need Bernie Sanders. They do not need Robert Steele. They do not need Dr. Cynthia McKinney. All they need to do is find hashtag unrig beyond Trump and Sanders, download the document, print the integrity pledge, and demand that their representatives sign it. That's it. That's all. And they can do that in the next 60 days. Now, I don't think that's going to happen because George Sotos and the Democratic Party are spending $200 million to keep most of the left of center group occupied. Mm -hmm. With protests, Cynthia has told me that a number of black people across the country are being paid a salary for the month of July. And their job is to protest and become a nuisance. And Donald Trump is not offering them any alternative. We're trying to offer our legitimately elected president. Hashtag unrig summer of peace, not only as a viable alternative to hashtag resist, but. Cynthia McKinney keeps making me a better human being. We want to reach out to hashtag resist and have hashtag unrig and hashtag resist create a little baby called Second American Revolution. All right. That's pretty heavy. Second American Revolution. So that would that get rid of our style of government or that, how would that no. work? No, it would restore, it would actually lead us toward direct democracy, but that's five or six years out because we're not capable of direct democracy right now. What that would do is restore integrity to the government and bury the deep state. Okay. I would just like to say that direct democracy is the form of, of government, the political system that the Jamaharia in Libya had before Obama bombed it back to the Stone Ages. Yeah. So uh, we've got direct democracy political parties uh, in Europe, and now we also have Nigel Farage announcing that the UKIP will have as its primary plank direct democracy. So I believe that the effort to look at different political systems and, and improve on what we have in the United States is something that is uh, of the moment right now. Let me also say that Cynthia and I appear to be inspiring an international following. Uh, one third of the donations to the nonprofit that I manage, uh, an IRS accredited nonprofit, which is being very, very strict about observing the IRS rules with respect to educational campaigns in the political space. One third of our donations are from the United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, and then to a lesser extent, Nordic countries, Latin America, and uh, because I've done a uh, Spanish video and um, the Netherlands. So this hashtag unrigged has the potential of going global. And that's one of the reasons why I would like to see us succeed this summer, because it's time that America became a cultural leader for peace and prosperity for everybody. And not, as Martin Luther King said, the greatest purveyor of violence on the planet. All right. So why do, why do you think these uh, donations are coming in from all those places? Do you think it's because you're talking to the Internet and like 
my show goes all over the world because of American Freedom Radio. We're over in Australia. We're over at all over the map. Do you think that's the reason? People are waking up, not only in the United States of America, but all over the world. And they are starting to see that the bankers own everything and the two-party yeah. tyrannies are basically a front for the bankers. I have learned myself, running for president in uh, 2012, very briefly, I have learned that all political parties are toxic. And that's why I support Nigel and John uh, Reese Evans in the United Kingdom. They understand that parties are toxic. They understand that true independence comes when you eliminate all intermediaries, including banks and political parties, that are able to manipulate the system to their own advantage and betray the public trust. You cannot have a democracy without having a public engaged in that democracy. Right. Now, you mentioned something earlier, and I just want to clarify this. This is kind of backing up to the, the money stuff we're just talking about. You said the Jesuit Black Pope. Can you talk a little bit about that a little bit more? Because I don't know if people even know what that is. Wait, talk about well, more. I really would sense you did the talking. This is supposed to be centered on her. Oh, no, not. No, but, but, you know, as I just said, I'm a Catholic and I don't know what it is. So, so you can uh, inform all of us. Well, I'm a Catholic also, Cynthia. I didn't know that. Uh, I am a lapsed, I am a lapsed Colombian Jesuit altar boy. Okay. Oh my incense, gosh. Incense does it for me. Um, and I actually love the Jesuits. I mean, the, the intellectual rigor and moral discipline of the Jesuits is something I cherish and believe in very, very much. The problem is that the Jesuits, as with all institutions, there is a 5% at the top. There's a 5% evil side to the Jesuits, just like there's a 5% evil side to the CIA and 95% of the CIA are good people trapped in a bad system. So what we have here is a Catholic church, which I personally do not believe merits diplomatic recognition. A church should not receive diplomatic recognition. Um, but bottom line here is the Catholic church goes back centuries. And the Rothschilds and the Jesuits are the East India Trading Company and then the central banks and the Jesuits. They all kind of came up together as the Illuminati. And one of the things that seems to bond them together is the use of pedophilia and Satanism and rituals as a way of uh, controlling people and blackmailing people and ensuring that they stay within the boundaries of the, I mean, the, the you know, the mafia has the law of silence, omerta. Well, these people have omerta on steroids. Hmm. And now this Jesuit black pope and that money, that's, is that different than the Vatican Bank? Or is that the same thing or different? It's a good question, and I don't have the technical answer. I suspect it's the same thing and more. Mm. Uh, there are just so many strings. And there are some interesting things. I'm not privy to the details. But in the background, I see the white pope triumphing eventually over the black pope. I see the Vatican being cleaned up. I see the gold collateral accounts coming out with China, which which the Chinese yuan is going to be backed by gold and is going to displace the U.S. dollar as the global reserve currency. There are so many things going on outside 
that the U.S. public is simply unaware of. And the bottom line for me is that the U.S. government today lacks intelligence and integrity and is in a constant state of betrayal of the public trust and betrayal of the U.S. Constitution. And that's why hashtag Unrig matters. We can get our country back. We can get our Constitution back. We can get our honor back. Nice. Now, um, Cynthia McKinney, you are going to come back from your secret location and you're going to get on this bus and you're going to drive around in July. And this is really important that people are funding this through this Indiegogo slash Unrig so that you can get home. Or is it to get the bus? Or I, I want people to support this and I want people to know exactly what they're spending their money on. Let me jump in because Cynthia doesn't know that I've got unrig.net uh, starting up on Monday. Oh. Uh, it's almost under complete development now, and I'm, po- I'm posting a notional budget. But let me just give you some numbers. First off, Cynthia and I have benefactors who, who give us stipends. No money from the donated funds at Indiegogo will go toward personal compensation for Dr. McKinney or myself. It will be strictly for expenses. Just mm-hmm. off the top of my head, here is a typical month of expenses. $7,000 to rent the RV mm-hmm. plus additional money. Let's call it 3000 for gasoline and food for six people. Okay. Then $2,000 for each of seven people. So that's $14,000. And these seven people are essentially volunteers who are receiving less than half pay for running the website, for being the Latina outreach person, the alt-right outreach person, the alt-left outreach person, and so forth. And then there are things like the $12,000 for the wrap, which is that, you know, the the artwork that goes around RV. So that's just off the top of my head, some initial expenses. Now, when you add press releases at $199 each, and you start thinking in terms, although there is an all-you-can-eat program with PR Newswire that Ron yeah. Paul uses, but essentially press releases, think in terms of two to three press releases a week, that's $600. And, you know, all this stuff adds up. And then you may or may not want to do some quarter-page ads, which are $10,000 each. So what I'm satisfied, we've only raised $22,000 so far. I mean, well, I would be happier. Let me just finish this real quick thought. I would be happier if we had $100,000 going into it. But bringing Cynthia back is probably a $4,000 proposition. And then her expenses, we hopefully will move right into the RV. Um, But bottom line here is I think that by Monday, I will have posted a notional budget for expenses that I have already incurred uh, from the middle of June to the 15th of July when the tour formally starts. Cynthia and I are going to St. Louis on the 2nd and 3rd. That's a $3,000 trip right there uh, when you add up the last-minute purchase of airplane tickets, the hotels, the rental car, and, and stuff. Um, so I'm confident that we're going to be able to publish a transparent budget that will be updated at least weekly but probably daily at unrig.net. And we are also going to be um, very, very careful about making sure that we are ethical, transparent about every single thing that we do. We work for the public, and the public dollars will be accounted for at unrig.net. 
Excellent. Excellent. So everybody has to go to unrig.net when this is on Monday. On Monday and check it out and also go to that Indiegogo unrig and check it out. I want people, if they can, to donate some money because I think this is a very, this is a very upstanding cause. Um, I, I'm so thrilled that both of you, both of you are here to talk to me and I can't even express this enough. I am so pleased to have made both of your acquaintance. Um, and I'm so glad that our audience is hanging on, listening to all this. This is fantastic. Um, my one last question I had for Cynthia McKinney, Cynthia, what is, and this is just out of nowhere, what is the one thing you are most proud of in your career? Oh, wow. wow. Oh, my gosh. Uh, probably. <clears throat> well, I, uh, I took a sort of truth and honesty and transparency, uh, vow to myself when I rushed into the Congress and cast a vote. There were, the board was all green. I voted green. It turned out to be a bill to make Jerusalem the capital city of Israel. That vote was a mistake. And later that night, some Palestinians were protesting that vote, which was a unanimous vote, which all of the APAC sponsored bills are unanimous votes, right? Mm-hmm. And a 78 year old person was throwing stones at the U.S. consulate and had a heart attack and died. Mm-hmm. I took that so personally that I said I would never do that again. And that began the sort of the what one of the members of Congress came to me and said, Cynthia, every vote has a consequence because I started voting against those bills, even if I was the only one. And most times I was the only one. It was me and Ron Paul. Right on. I want to thank our guests. Thank you both so very much. See you next week. support American Freedom Radio and I hope people vote with their dollars and really understand the value of having American Freedom Radio because that's my family if you love me at all Jack Blood support American Freedom Radio like my family has literally disowned me <laughs> American Freedom Radio Danny and Don and those guys those are my actual family 
So please, please support these guys because they have all the technology. They have all these great things that they're going to do. But obviously, they can't do it all by themselves. So not only would I like to see you support them, I'd like to see you retweet them and repost them and really get involved and get on the, the bandwagon, so to speak, on doing that do-it-yourself promotion because they're a do-it-yourself radio network and, uh, and we just need that so much. Did you know there are 3 million edible food plants on Earth and none have the nutritional value of the hemp plant? HempUSA.org offers you hemp protein powder. It does not contain chemicals or THC, is non-GMO, and is 100% gluten-free. Hemp protein powder burns fat, builds muscle, contains 53% protein, and feeds the body the nutrients it needs. Call 888-910-4367 and see what our powder, seeds, and oil can do for you only at HempUSA.org. HempUSA.org introduces three brand new detox formulations of micro plant powder. Brain Fuel for depression, bipolar disorders, and stress. Total Care, anti-cancer agent that cleans the liver and organs and increases memory. Rejuvenate, invigorates and heals the body, mind, and spirit. These products are your alternative to pharmaceuticals. Call 888-910-4367 and like us on Facebook. We ship worldwide only at HempUSA.org. We all know that they're not telling us the truth. So stand up for your rights, demand the real medicine, and your right to use it and grow it. This is Rick Sensen, and you're listening to American Freedom Radio. Yo, what's up? Check this out. The voice of the revolution. American Freedom Radio. American Freedom Radio. And when we're not invading some sovereign nation or setting it on fire from the air, which is more fun for our Nintendo pilots, then, then we're usually declaring war on something here at home. Did you ever notice that about us? We love to declare war on things here in America. Anything we don't like about ourselves, we declare war on it. We don't do anything about it. We just declare war on it. It's the only metaphor, the only metaphor we have in our public discourse for solving problems, declaring war. We have to declare a war on everything. We have a war on crime, the war on poverty, the war on litter, the war on cancer, the war on drugs. But you ever notice we got no war on homelessness, huh? No war on homelessness. You know why? There's no money in that problem. No money to be made off of the homeless. If you could find a solution, if you could find a solution to homelessness where the corporate swine and the politicians could steal a couple of million dollars each, you see the streets of America begin to clear up pretty quick. I'll guarantee you that. I will guarantee you that. You're listening to AmericanFreedomRadio.com, the network who perseveres in delivering intelligent debate, constructive dialogue with true independence. The freedom to broadcast the truth is not free at all. So what is American Freedom Radio worth to you? The empowering information with fun, honest and pure integrity behind it provides an example to follow. Friendships to flourish with the moral altruism that pulls no punches. The hosts sacrifice and show remarkable discipline in their duty to deliver quality radio and service to the community with strength, wisdom and loyalty. The founders of AFI wish to thank you personally for sharing your views and insights to make the best radio and alternative media. Now it's time for you to give something back and play a vital role in the future of America. Be as generous with us as we've been with you. Click on the donate banner at AmericanFreedomRadio.com or volunteer by emailing AmericanFreedomRadio at Ymail.com. Vaccine, psychotropic drugs and arterial batteries not included. 
No rules. No rules. No taboo topics. No taboo topics. No fear of doom. No fear of doom. We are. We are. American Freedom Radio. American Freedom Radio. 